Hi, I'm Chris Nessie from the House of EdTech podcast, a part of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to right now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Reimagined Schools podcast, a proud member of the Education Podcast Network. I'm your host, Greg Goins, and my special guest today is Adam Welcome, a popular author and keynote speaker that always goes the extra mile to do what's best for kids in our schools. With Todd Nesloni, Adam is the author of the best-selling book, Kids Deserve It, and he's also the author of the inspirational book, Run Like a Pirate, as Adam has now ran more than 23 marathons, including a few double marathons in a single day. With this episode, you can now follow the Run With Adam hashtag on social media, as Adam Welcome encourages educators to meet up with him at various stops along the way to run and share inspiring stories related to school success. His most recent book is titled Empower Our Girls with Lynn Cologne in what Adam calls the Girls Deserve It book. You can find all three books at MrAdamWelcome.com or wherever books are sold. Adam has been an elementary school teacher, principal, and was most recently the director of innovation for a large school district in California with more than 35,000 students. He's been named one of the 20 to watch by the National School Board Association. He's also a popular guest blogger and consultant. Adam is passionate about technology integration, and he's a huge advocate of social media and connecting with other educators from across the country. Be sure to follow him on Twitter, at Mr. Adam Welcome. So let's get right to it. I hope you enjoy this first episode of the 2019-20 school year with my friend, Adam Welcome. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Reimagined Schools podcast. We're fired up and ready to go for another season here on the pod as we get ready for a new academic school year with the 2019-20 school year. And I can't think of a better guy to bring in than our old friend, Adam Welcome. How are you, bud? Hey, man. Rocking and rolling as always. Hey, there's only good days or there's only great days. And uh, today's a great day. So uh, just making it happen for, uh, for everybody. Let's do this. I know you've been on the speaking trail, uh, delivering always a positive message as school leaders and teachers get ready for a new school year. And we want to jump into that for sure. But you sent a tweet out this morning. I always check your, your, my Twitter feed and see what Adam Welcome has going on. But this morning it says six mile run, uh, school drop off, going for a swim, podcast with Dr. Greg Goins, other random projects, fly <laughs> to Michigan. How do you do it, bud? Hey, you know, here's the deal. People ask me all the time, like, how do you find balance? Like, how do you get everything done? And, uh, in my second book, run like a pirate, there's a chapter it's called what I don't do. So I can do what I want to do. And I, you know, I'm just fanatical about what I am fanatical about. Like I don't watch Netflix. I, I don't waste time on things that just don't give me any, any, like just, return on the investment of giving it any pleasure 
learning, growing, connecting. And uh, it's all, you know what? You have time for what you make time for. And uh, I mean, we talked about that in my first book, Kids Deserve It. And if you're, if you're focused, you know, people, I, I work with so many school districts, Greg, and they go, you know, we're going to, we're, we're laser focused on this or we're laser focused on that. And I'm like, no, you're not. Like, you're trying to focus on too many things. And, you, you know, you can't do 10 to 15 things with fidelity and do them well. You can do three to five things with fidelity and be laser focused. And, uh, hey, I'm just laser focused on, on my family, on, on my work, on working out and taking care of myself, on connecting with amazing people like you. And uh, it's just, uh, it didn't come easy. I mean, it wasn't like supernatural. It's, it's a learned behavior over time. But you realize when you do quote unquote laser focus and you are fanatical about what you're fanatical about, you actually get more done and you're actually happier and you're actually more productive. And I think too many people just try to do too many things. And I think educators, education is, is the worst culprit of them all because there's 25 strategic goals for the district or the school or the grade level or the department. And, you know, I say that with sarcasm because then, you know, at the end of the year, you look back and you're like, oh yeah, God, we didn't get to all those things or, oh gosh, it kind of fell off the radar. And we spent $25,000 in training or PD or books or workshops or webinars or conferences, and it just didn't go anywhere. And uh, at the end of the day, you know, who's hurt the most, the kids, because then the kids don't know what the priority is. And I would rather go deeper with three to five things than just skim the surface with 10, 15. So personal, professional, I think those are some things that have really worked for me. And hey, you know what? I wake up early and I just get it done. I don't lollygag. You wake up, coffee, computer, run, work, more computer, podcast, this, that, you know, like you just got to make it happen. Uh, and um, just, uh, you know, do what you want to do so you can, so you can get done what you want to do. And the things that just suck you dry and don't give you any return on you giving them, get them out of your life. You know, I kind of want to approach this in two different ways. Number one will be the time management piece. And uh, a lot of educators, uh, school leaders really have a problem with this concept of, of time management. Uh, is time management something that you can teach? Uh, can I teach that to aspiring school leaders? Or is it something that you just kind of have to find your way? And then the next piece of that is the discipline piece. You know, we've always heard if you want to do something, you'll find a way. If you don't, you'll find an excuse. So maybe talk about the time management piece first, and then I really want to dive into the discipline piece because as you and I were talking off air, uh, there's some very inspirational dudes out there that fire me up. Yeah, so I mean, um, the time management, I say make a list, and I think a lot of it is the preparation. I prepare the night before, so before I go to bed, I write down three to five things that I want to accomplish the next day. Um, because then in the morning, I know what I know what I want to focus on. I'm not guessing on what I want to focus on. Um, and part of that is, you know what, I prep my coffee the night before. I prep it. So when in the morning I wake up, I can just push the button. Uh, when I go run, I have my running shoes out in the kitchen. I have my, my shorts and my socks and my shirt and my headlamp and my hat and whatever I'm doing out. So there's no like, well, yeah, no, it's not good. Like, it's out. I know I'm going to go run. Like, I'm looking at it. I'm staring at it. Like, you know how long that takes? Six seconds. And all it takes is like just looking ahead and doing it. And I mean, I've been doing that for years as a teacher. And then more importantly, when I became a, a father and a husband, you have to for time management purposes. Um, and like the discipline part of it, 
you know, there's a thing that I do. I, I keynote a lot, but what I, another thing I love to do is I have like a, a deep dive that I do with, with leaders where we really dive deep into what they are doing. And I'm going to tell you so many leaders are doing things that nobody should be doing and, or somebody else at their school or in their building could be doing. And I, I just think too many leaders try to do too many things. They don't delegate, they don't empower people, or they're just doing it because they've always done it or the principal before them did it. You know, quick story, when I took over my first school as a principal, uh, older principal, veteran, great person, loved kids, supported teachers. There were things going on at that school that did not need to be going on. When I got the tour from her of the school, that principal showed me where she decorated every month in the staff room. Every month was a different theme and there was these big old cupboards and these boxes of stuff. And I was like, uh-huh, okay, I was listening. I didn't say anything to her, obviously. And then she leaves and then the office manager asked me, are you gonna decorate every month? I was like, heck no, I'm not gonna decorate every month. Like, I, got, I got more important things to do with my time. Well, that was, that was August. September, October, the staff room was decorated. So I'm like, who is decorating? You know, is she coming back at night and having the, the, you know, the custodian let her in? Well, it turns out one of, one of the yard supervisors was decorating. And I found this out. And I went up to the yard supervisor and I was like, hey, are you the one decorating? She's like, oh, my God, Adam, I knew you would find out. You know, so-and-so, the former principal, she made me promise that I would decorate. And I was like, do you like it? She's like, no. I said, stop decorating. So she stopped. So come November... Guess who said anything about the staff room not being decorated? Nobody, because it wasn't important. And the point of that story is, you know what? Leaders and people are just doing things that don't have any importance. That was not, that had no positive effect on the culture of the school. Now, in hindsight, you know, 2020 is like, if people had been asking about it, like, oh, it's not decorated. I like when it was decorated. I would have done something as the leader. I wouldn't have done that, but I would have done something. So the point is sometimes you got to dive deep and sometimes you got to have hard conversations and sometimes you need to bring somebody else into your organization to uncover those nuggets and say, Greg, why are we doing this? Greg, why are we doing this? Where's the return? Where's the impact? How much time are you, are you using doing these things? And then for someone to say, Greg, look at me, Greg, stop. And you go, yeah, yeah. Okay. Because you know, people want to be liked. And I always tell people, I want people to like me, but I'm not going to do things just so they do like me. And people, they do the decorating of the staff room because they think it's nice and it's fun and people like them and they don't want to hurt their feelings, even though nobody really cares. And the point is like, you just got to look at it like, what is best for the organization? What's best for me so I can have a life and I can stay married to my wife and spend time with my kids. And, um, it's, it's just looking at it, making a big list maybe, and just writing down what has the most impact on my school. And those are the decisions and those are the things that you spend your time on. And that's great stuff and well said. And the other piece that I want to talk about with you is, is the discipline part. And, and as I mentioned with you before we came on air, uh, I'm a really big fan of Joe Rogan and the Joe Rogan podcast. <laughs> and two of my favorite guests are, are Jocko uh, Willink and David Goggins, both retired Navy SEALs. And Jocko this morning, uh, he tweeted out um, giving advice about your three to five year strategic plan. <laughs> I saw that. He just says, get up and start getting after it today. It's Monday, y'all. Go get some. Mm -hmm. when, I, when I see that kind of stuff from, from both Goggins and, and Willink, I automatically think about you because you are also <laughs> a very inspirational guy. And, and those are the kind of things that we need to hear 
But a lot of time leaders are afraid to say those kind of things uh, in an effort, as you were just kind of talking about, to step on toes or to create unnecessary drama in your school. But what is it about these guys and your approach to getting people fired up? You know, you're not the first person that has like assimilated me with them. And I'm proud to say that they've, they've, uh, you know, I would say, especially Jocko, um, they have definitely influenced me. And I, I would definitely say that I had this kind of mindset and discipline, you know, and then I discovered them. Um, and I'm not trying to like, I'm not keeping score, but they definitely brought my mindset to a different level. And what I, what I really enjoy about, about their message is it's simple. And too many educators complicate the heck out of things. Too many adults complicate the heck out of things. We, we build committees and focus groups and we talk about things for six to nine months. And Greg, as a former superintendent, you know this well. And then we talk things to death. And like Jocko said this morning, we never get anywhere. So you're no closer to your three to five strategic goal, your goal, because you're, cause you're still in the same spot. And the point is like, just start walking and just start doing. And I talk about this and run like a pirate where you can't know, first of all, you can't know where you need to go unless you know where you are. So part of it is actually knowing your organization. I think too many schools, and I see this across the country, they make plans about the future, but they don't even know where they currently are, like really know where they are like spending time talking to teachers and students and community members and spending like a lot of time, not doing little drive-bys in classrooms, spending a lot of time in classrooms. And then just knowing where you want to go, but don't build the entire road. Don't build a PowerPoint presentation. Don't build a steering committee. Don't build a focus group. Just start going and having conversations and you're going to find that path, but you can't get there unless you start walking. And there's just too much talking and not enough doing. Uh, more doing, more talking as you're doing and adjusting as you're doing. Um, and you're going you're gonna to find it because you're going to talk for six to nine months about it and you're going to plan. And in that six to nine months, things are going to change. So you're even farther away from getting down the road because you're already behind because you were too busy talking and not doing enough. And, you know, you and I were talking earlier uh, this summer about, you know, trying to schedule a time for us to get together to talk, to, to record this episode. <laughs> and you were getting ready for a uh, 55 flights over five weeks. And, I mean, I, I, I think about that. And, uh, you know, I've, I've traveled. Air travel is always tough. It's tough on the body, tough on the mind, crappy airport, airport food. How do you continue to do that and still have this positive attitude every day when you show up to speak? Man, this... Um... So this is my second, just kind of like, like, like a prelude. This is my second full-time year speaking full-time. Like I don't work for a school district anymore. And uh, I just wanted to give it a shot to see what I can do. And um, I still feel, you know, Greg, I don't even think of myself as a speaker. I think of myself as a teacher. I just have different students and they're all across the country. Um, and I was in your neck of the woods in, in Kentucky and Logan County and, um, you know, just all over the country. And First and foremost, like, I feel like, you know, I, I've, my athletic background and taking care of myself really helped me just kind of sustain myself over, it was about a six week period, you know, hopping time zones, five states in five days, um, you know, like getting to the hotel at two and three in the morning, three nights in a row. And to your question about, well, how do you stay positive? Well, heck, I'm still a teacher. And if I show up, 
if I'm in the classroom or if I have 4,000 teachers in front of me and that's my classroom, I mean, what choice do I have? Like I get to work with teachers and I get to interact with students and they deserve, they deserve great mojo. Even if I've only had six hours of sleep in the last three days. Uh, and I'll tell you like there is energy in the room in a room full of teachers. And I tell people that I'm like, you know what? I don't care how tired you are, how frustrated you are, how, how broke you are, how much overdrawn you are in your, in your, in your savings account. Like you get in a room full of teachers, man, there is just energy. And I don't, I mean, all over this country, there is energy. And I'll tell you, I feed off of that energy. And I actually got to speak to some students two weeks ago in Kansas and the energy in those rooms with, with kids and, you know, delivering, delivering the message. Uh, it's, um, it's contagious. And it, uh, I, I go in pumped up and the day that I go, go to work and I go to speak and teach people and the day that I'm not excited and pumped up, that's the day that I will leave and go do something else. And I think, you know, people say like, uh, they ask people like, when are you going to retire? Like your retirement age. I still love what I do and I'm not retirement age yet, but um, it, you know, the day that I'm like not pumped to go on a flight or to get three hours sleep, then I'll, I'll find something else to do. And that hopefully that time never comes. Hopefully I'm ahead of that curve, but I just, you can't preach one thing and then show up like, Oh, Hey, yeah, gosh, you know, airport travel, no food. I'm tired. And teachers are like, what's this? You know, like, Hey, you come pumped up, people feed off that energy and then they're going to, they're going to do great things for kids. So to me, it's pretty simple. And if you don't like kids and if you don't like going to school and if you don't enjoy education anymore, just, you know what, find something else to do because kids deserve the very best every single day. And I just, I tell myself, I get to be an educator and you know what? So do you. So kind of walk me through this, this initial phone call that you get from a superintendent or principal or PD coordinator in a school district. Are they looking for something specific? Are they saying, Adam, we really need you to come in and talk about school culture or improving our reading scores? Uh, I mean, obviously they know uh, who you are and what you're about and, and your message is going to be very positive, but do they ever ask you to customize that in any way for them? Uh, sometimes. So I'm very, very fortunate that I, I book all of my speaking through uh, through a speaking agency. So, you know, a lot of people come to me and then a lot of people come to my, come to my agent and my agency. And, uh, you know, a lot of people know who I am and a lot of people don't, I mean, I'll go places and nobody has heard of me. Nobody has read kids deserve it, which is amazing. And gosh, that book's been out three years and Todd and I started kids deserve it over four years ago. So I love that too, that we're still, you know, we're still kind of like finding people. And, um, my message is broad, you know, Greg, I can speak to a kindergarten teacher or a high school teacher and, you know, my style of speaking is I want to, I don't want to just inspire and motivate you because I feel that inspiration and motivation, it doesn't last forever. It may last for two days. It doesn't probably last for two months. I want to teach people and I want to give you resources and ideas that you can use in your classroom tomorrow. Because as you know, if you can teach somebody, then you can really make change. Inspiration and motivation, it does wear off over time. And, um, it's, uh, it's, Hey, sometimes I do work with, with, uh, with school boards and sometimes it's just an elementary division or a high school division. And, um, you know, the customization, every, every district is at a different place, but I'm going to tell you 
everybody has the same problems. Everyone has the same struggles, no matter where you are. If you're a huge district in Houston, Texas, or if you're a little teeny tiny district in the middle of, in the middle of Kansas with 400 students K-12, same struggles, same things that they celebrate. Um, so there's actually not too much difference across the country. I'm, I'm gonna tell you that. Uh, I thought there would be when I started this journey of speaking, and the more I speak, the more I realize that everybody has the same issues. <laughs> you know, like they don't have enough money. There's people that haven't joined, haven't joined the, you know, joined the mojo yet. There's people that are frustrated. There's people that are doing amazing things. It's, uh, it's just taking people where they are and remembering their why and, and giving them some new ideas that they can, uh, they, they, they can implement with kids. Well, I'm sure people are very enthusiastic to see you take the stage. Again, you're always inspirational and have great advice. Uh, is there a general theme for this school year as you went out? Was there a, a, a general talking point that you really wanted to drive home to people as they start the new school year? You know, the biggest trend that I see across the country in schools is bad technology integration. The biggest trend. So when I speak, I talk a lot about technology you probably don't realize it. I wouldn't say that I talk about ed tech at all. I wrap it up into like a story and I want to give you ideas on how to use technology in a meaningful way. Use technology so you can bring your students to a place that you could not have brought them if you did not have the technology. There are way too many districts still just substituting with technology. They've spent $100,000 on Chromebooks or all the money on the network and um, really, really think about, is this a meaningful integration of the technology? And I think too many people think big and act big and there's some really small things that we can be doing. I think every, every school should be coding on a weekly basis and teachers don't need to know how to code to teach kids how to code. You facilitate that learning. I think every school needs the YouTube channel because when kids are creating content on video, they're thinking and they're editing and they're working together and they're collaborating and they're problem solving and they're being creative and that translates into a job, so many jobs in 2019. Uh, I think every school should have a podcast. Podcasting is in its golden hour right now. It's absolutely golden hour. And there's no reason why every superintendent should have, shouldn't have a podcast. And there shouldn't be a podcast for the library where kids are talking about the books that they're reading and the librarian and teachers are talking about the books that they're reading. And you don't need any training. You don't need to go to get a master's degree. You just start a podcast. I mean, gosh, you started it with the Going Digital show how many years ago that Todd and I were on your podcast. That's how you and I first met, Greg. I mean, we've only hung out one time in person at ICE, I think like three or four years ago. Um, but it all started with a podcast. And that was four years ago almost. So um, though, that's the biggest trend. And I, I wouldn't say that I'm an ed tech guy at all. Uh, I'm not even that techie. I would say people just aren't trying enough things that, that are really low hanging fruit. You've got to empower the kids, uh, support them. Let the kids be the experts. Teachers are the experts in kids and curriculum and relationships. You don't need to become the expert in YouTube videos or podcasting or coding. Say yes to the kids, open the door, push them through, support them with what you're the expert in, and you watch the magic happen. And one of the things, I, I love it when you say this, and, and I've seen it on Twitter here even recently, do something to make yourself uncomfortable, that you have to get out of your comfort zone and try something new. I mean, come on, folks, what's the worst thing that can happen? 
<laughs> nothing. I mean, what are you going to do? I mean, like people go like, how do you do? Like, I, I just, I don't know. I just do it. Like just start. I don't know how to do anything. I, I ask people like, are you on Facebook? And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, did you go to like a course on the weekend to learn how to sign up and how to like upload pictures? And no, you went to Facebook, you clicked sign up and you're like, oh my God, there's Brenda. Oh, there's Greg. Oh my God. I went to high school with Greg 30 years ago. Greg, like you just figured it out. Like you didn't go to this big tutorial of how to do it. People just need to get over themselves. Honestly, Greg, you know what it is? It's ego. People have ego and they think, well, if I'm not ready and I'm not comfortable, I'm not going to do it with my kids and my kids might actually know more than me. And then I'm, oh my gosh, like I can't have that and blah, blah, blah. And like, the kids need teachers. Teachers are more important than ever. I believe they are important in different ways. And there is so there has been more change in the last five years in education than there has been in the last 50 years. It's called the internet. And the internet has changed everything. And you don't need to be the expert in it. You need to empower the kids who are the experts in it. Focus on what you are the expert in and get over what you don't know it's not about you it's about the kids empower them and you see what happens and that's a great segue into the new book that's out now empower our girls you had yeah. great success with kids deserve it run like a pirate tell me about this project and how it really came about and why it's so special to you yeah so thanks for asking this book really started about 10 years ago when i was an elementary school principal and i decided 10 years ago coding was like Coding was not even a thing. Code.org hadn't even been created yet, but I knew we had to do something because coding was a thing. And it's even huger of a thing than, than I could have imagined. So I decided to teach a coding class. And the spoiler alert is I don't know how to code, but I know how to facilitate the learning of coding. Well, I had 20 kids sign up, 7.30 a.m. on Monday morning. Out of those 20 kids, I had one girl sign up, one girl. And my daughter had just been born. She was about two years old. And you know what, Greg, it hit me in the face. I looked at the lineup of kids. And I said, why is there only one girl? Like I knew so many students at my school already. And I went and I recruited girls and I asked parents and I asked girls at lunch, join the coding team, blah, blah, blah. But it was, a bigger, it was a bigger thought and conversation for me. And I didn't do anything right then other than add more girls to the class. But really, it was, it, was, it was bugging me. How come girls didn't want to sign up? Why didn't girls want to sign up? And I started reading more. And I started kind of just thinking more and having more conversations. And um, I read more books and I read more articles about how women are not represented in technology and women aren't, rep aren't represented in politics and women aren't represented as CEOs in, in companies or startups. And um, a good friend of mine, Lynn Cologne, who is a, um, uh, an English learner herself, she's from Puerto Rico, first generation to the United States, uh, former principal, now a director of a very large school division in Virginia, actually the same school district where my buddy Hamish Brewer is a principal. And I think everybody on this planet knows who Hamish Brewer is, the relentless principal. Um, she was a 20 to watch educator a couple years ago, amazing woman, strong, smart, powerful. We were having conversations and I said, Lynn, let's write a book together about girls. And she has a story. She grew up in Puerto Rico and she was expected to be a housekeeper when she grew up. That was, was her expectation. And she said, no, I'm not going to do that. And she is a smart, educated, powerful 
educated woman in Virginia and she has twin daughters and she's like, you know what, Adam, I want something different for my girls. So we put this book together and we had people contribute from all over the country, from female medical doctors to female principals to Tom Murray, who's a good friend of mine, a former principal educator speaker who has a daughter who loves technology and coding and robotics. And you know what? We just want to change the conversation for our girls. We know that we can be part of the problem or we can be part of the solution. And we decided to be part of the solution to help people change how they think about girls and how they talk to girls and how their aspirations. Not everybody is going to be a, a scientist. Every, every female is going to be a physician, but at least know that that is a possibility for them. You can be a nurse. That's awesome and a great career. But have you thought about being a physician? Maybe you don't have any female physicians in your life. Maybe your family is not saying, hey, nursing is great. How about being a physician? Um, and even if you don't become a physician, that's okay. But letting girls know that there is more possibility out there for them. Um, and uh, that's really what, what it's about. It's, it's kind of like girls deserve it, but empower our girls. Same, similar themes, but a different, a different type of message. So um, it's, it's been very well received. Uh, we've had people already message us. We started an all-girls robotics team, an all-girls coding team, a, a drone team of all girls. And if it's not all girls, we're recruiting more girls. And you know that's that's exactly what we want. We just want to change people's thinking with the whole kind of ecosystem around our girls because you know what they deserve it too. And you can find Empower Our Girls wherever books are sold. You can do a quick search on Amazon and find it. You can go to Adam's website, MrAdamWelcome.com, and you certainly want to follow him on Twitter, at MrAdamWelcome. You know, Adam, I, uh, you're one of my favorite people and one of the, my favorite guests. Now, I've had you on uh, several times. And, uh, you know, I'm not much of a runner, and, but I have great admiration for people that do. And one of my favorite movies, I'm going to show my age here. One of my favorite movies <laughs> is the Rocky series. Yeah. And, and the greatest scene of all time, and I still get a little teary-eyed when I watch it, is as Rocky's running through the streets of Philadelphia and all these kids, you know, gather behind him. And before he runs up the steps, he has all a throng of kids behind him. So this run with Rocky uh, scene is, is very inspiring. Uh, and I think about, I want to run a mile with Adam Welcome. So I want to start the Run With Adam movement. Is that a run, yeah. with, run with Adam? So the next time you're in Kentucky, I'm going to lace up the running shoes if I can, if I can hook up with you. I just Heck want to see yeah. if I can run one mile with Adam Welcome. What do you think? Greg, well, first off, next time I am in the area of Kentucky, I will change travel plans to find you to run, walk, skip. I don't care what the hell we do, Greg. We're going we're gonna to do a mile together and we're going to move. And you know what, man, I'm going to start a hashtag run with Adam. I'm going to start it today and I'm going to get people moving because you know what? I, I run and I run a lot and you know what? Not everybody wants to run. Not everybody maybe should run just with their body or injuries or whatever. But you know what you can do is you can move and you can, you can walk, you can hike, you can, you can skip, you can swim. But I'm going to tell you, I think when you, I know when I ex exercise, I feel better. And when you move, you know what, you feel better. I can't tell you, Greg, how many problems I have solved in my brain when I've been on a run. No phone, no music. You know, you go walk for a mile, your brain just, it starts flowing and the creative juices start flowing because you're not connected and you're not checking Instagram and Twitter and watching Netflix and 
reading People Magazine or whatever the heck you do. So um, I don't have anything on my calendar yet for Kentucky. I know that will change for 2020 because I'm already booking 2020 like crazy. Um, but I'm going to start. I'm writing it down right now. Run with Adam. And we're going to start. Um, and you know what I'm going to do is I'm going to do a weekly giveaway of my book, Run Like a Pirate. So um, I'll start it today. Hashtag run with Adam. Uh, you know, put a picture, put a video, and then I'll pick somebody once a week to, uh, to send a book to. How's that sound? You know what? That's what it's all about. You know, here in a half an hour, we were able to put something together. Pretty motivational for people. Get people fired up and run with Adam. So I love it, my friend. Hey, man, I always love hanging out. We don't, have, we don't see each other enough. I'm telling you, that's like people tell me what's the hardest thing about traveling. And to me, it's not the I, – I, I like flying. I love, I love, you know, seeing new places. The hardest part, actually, is meeting amazing people. Like if, if we lived in the same town, Greg, like, I mean, we're friends. We would be homies. Like, we would hang out once a week and get coffee and talk and, you know, solve the world's problems. That's the hardest part is meeting amazing people through social media, sometimes in person, and then like not seeing them ever again in person. That, that's the hardest part. I want to kind of get all my friends and maybe I need to do like a retreat, like just do like a retreat, like a, a conference, but no conference where we just get like 300 people together and just share stories and hang out. And you know what, maybe, maybe I need to do that too. And uh, because that, it, you know, no structure. Structure is important, but I think we are too structured in our lives. We structure our kids too much. We structure our, ourselves too much. And I know when I have unstructured time, I can think differently and I can bring things in and push things out because I'm not confined within the structures that I've put on myself or somebody else has put on me. Um, so maybe we just got another idea here. We start like the little conference, unconference. Um, somewhere so amen either way greg i love you my man uh you are an amazing human being doing amazing work for many many years for students and for teachers and for community members and you know now you are working uh in the secondary secondary uh level in college and uh i remember the first time we met you were doing the going digital not going it's the going because you're from you know you're from the south the going digital uh podcast and you had me and Todd on, and you had like three microphones, two computers. You got questions over here. You got like Facebook Live. And I was like, who is this guy? Talk about like triple tasking. So um, I've had a podcast for a long time, man. And I know how um, it's hard to get guests sometimes with, with schedules and all the back end work people don't see, man. So, Greg, thank you for all the positive impact that you do and that you have been doing and that you continue to do. Because well, the, world, the, world, the world needs more Greg Goins. I'm, I'm going to say that. Thank you, my friend. You're way too kind. And you again, be sure to follow Adam. Welcome. Check him out. He will fire you up. He is the David Goggins and the Jocko <laughs> Willick of public education. So uh, as they say, get after it, folks. It's Monday. So go get some. Yeah. All right, folks. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Reimagined Schools podcast. And we always sign off the same way. Always do what you can in your school and community to create better schools for kids.